If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome back to another episode of the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I had been getting a lot of messages asking if we could do an episode about cheating and infidelity because it's something that I know a lot of my listeners have unfortunately had to experience. And you guys know me that if if I feel like I'm not an expert in something or have experience or history with something, I will always bring in an expert. So I am honored to have on the show today Dr. Morgan Cutlip. You guys probably know her on Instagram as at mylovethinks. And she is dedicated to helping others develop and maintain healthy relationship. She has her doctorate in counseling psychology. She is such a wealth of knowledge on all things relationships, but today specifically we talk about cheating and infidelity. And some of the things that we cover include what is the main motive as to why people feel like they need to go outside of relationships. So what are some of the underlying reasons that that happens? We cover how to heal and recover from being cheated on and going through a breakup. We also cover, I had to ask that age-old question, is once a cheater, always a cheater? Um, Can people change after doing something like that? So we really cover it all when it comes to this topic. So I'm really excited to be able to provide her experience and her knowledge to those of you who are going through this really painful experience. So without further ado, I'm so excited to introduce you guys to Dr. Morgan Cutlet. Well, welcome Dr. Morgan Cutlet to the show. I am so excited to have you and be able to chat with you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And I would love if we could start off, if you could introduce yourself, what you do. And then I always like to ask people what led them to do what they do. Sure. So um, I have my doctorate in psychology and I specialize in helping people um, be equipped with practical tools to have healthy and happy relationships. And um, I basically like create educational courses and content for my job. So I see some clients, but most of the time it's really just taking practical, uh, taking resources from the field of psychology, from social psychology, from all these different things, research, um, theory, and translating them into practical tools people can use. And I got started in this, and, and I don't talk about this much on social media, but I work with my dad. And he went back to school when I was in, gosh, elementary. And I would um, go to class with him sometimes. And we would play this game in the car where he would give me a circumstance or some sort of case study and would ask what I would do with it. How would I help this family? How would I help this couple or this little boy? Or, you know, and I would come up with treatment plans, basically. I was probably like six or seven years old, but it was my favorite game. So I feel like, I mean, I'm like, were you grooming me? What were you doing? You know, but, um, 
I, I just kind of grew up in it. And he's, he started taking, um, just stuff that he saw commonalities in working with couples and individuals and developed a, a theory as well as courses, um, over 25 years ago and would travel to churches or conferences or different places and would teach these courses. And I went with him. I started teaching with him and presenting with him at conferences. And so um, I just like the rest is history. I feel like I've just been doing this forever. <laughs> so what led me here? My dad, I guess. Yeah, we work together today still. So Oh, that's so cool. That must make for a very special relationship. And I also feel like I was just thinking so many people get into the field of psychology because of their parents, but for like totally different reasons, like, cause they jacked me up and now I, (laughs) I mean, everybody's got their family dynamics, but yeah, that's part of my story. That's amazing. And I think (laughs) one thing that's been so cool, at least just what I've noticed the last few years is how many psychologists and therapists have taken their work on onto social media and have really, and I, I'm sure that's probably related to the increase in therapy and being able to talk about therapy. Because I remember in high school, I, um, I'm in recovery from drugs and alcohol. So I had like a really rough high school and my parents sent me away to go to like this therapy retreat kind of thing. And I remember there was so much shame and stigma around it. Whereas I feel like now kids in high school, it's very normal to go to therapy and talk about mental health. Exactly. And I think, you know, the younger generation of therapists and um, professionals in this field have just worked so hard to normalize what, you know, everybody's dealing with something, you know, and to really normalize that. And social media has been a big, a big part of that. So it's, it's so important. Yeah, that is. And I think that's really cool that you get to, that was modeled to you from your mm-hmm. dad. Cause I know the different, like, even when I first started talking on social media about my addiction and alcoholism and stuff, my parents are like, are you sure you want to like, <laughs> put that out there and talk about that. And, um, and it's, it's been really cool to see the shift in, in that direction. Oh yeah. It's, it's been major. I feel like the last, even just three years specifically, I've noticed on Instagram, there's just been such a, almost like a tidal wave of professionals on there. Um, not just sharing, you know, tools and resources, but opening up about their own journeys. And it's, it's such a powerful, uh, example to, to everybody else. And I think that's why I typically, that's why I like asking in the beginning why people do what they do. Because when you get into a field like psychology or, you know, as a breakup coach, it's typically because you went through something um, and turned to that to help you. And now you want to turn around and help others. So I think that's really cool. So today I wanted to talk to you about the topic of cheating and infidelity, Mm -hmm. which um, I think as this podcast is about breakups, I think breakups are always really tough. Um, but, but then you throw in this added layer of betrayal with cheating, then it can, it can make it feel so much more, um, overwhelming. And it's been a topic that people have asked me to cover for a long time. And it's honestly not something that I've been through. And I'm, I really believe in staying in my, in my wheelhouse. (laughs) Yeah. Staying in my (laughs) lane. So I wanted to um, to bring on an expert like you to to kind of discuss the subject. And I think first I wanted to, you know, talk about like how common it is, because I think there's a lot of shame that comes along with with being cheated on. And I know I, you know, was looking at the series that you did on cheating mm-hmm. and infidelity. And I was wondering, like, if you got a really overwhelming response of how many people like realizing how many people have gone through that. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was, it's one of the series that I've done that I got the most private messages. Um, and it's interesting because as I started the series, I'm like, how many relationships, like I was trying to find statistics on this, like how many relationships go through infidelity of some kind or how many, you know, and the, first of all, like people don't want to, you know, admit that they've cheated a lot of times when you're doing research on this stuff. And then also the, the gap in just like, 
the range of percentages was so crazy. It was like anywhere from three to 90% of relationships. <laughs> and you're like, that doesn't help me. That's like zero to a hundred. That just means yeah. nothing. Um, but when I started the series and then I think I did give a really wide range. I'm like, I know this isn't helpful, but I'll, this is what I found. Um, the amount of direct messages, or even I put up question boxes, the amount of people who responded to the question boxes was insanely overwhelming. I think like my story interaction quadrupled from what it normally is. Um, and not even just from people who, who got cheated on, but also from people who did the cheating and hearing their stories of um, shame around that and their stories of recovery or losing important relationships or rebuilding. I mean, it was, it was very, very powerful, um, to be on the receiving end of these messages. And I think, you know, what I, cause my audience is mostly women. Yes. So I get, and I really try to make like my Mine page. too. Yeah. Yes. And I never try to be like, um, I try really hard to never be like, a male bashing page in any way, but I, and I catch people a lot of the time. They say like, men are the ones who always cheat or men go through breakups way easier. And I'm like, that's not, that's honestly, it's just not true. No, it's not. I mean, my page is, um, I think it's now it's gone up like 95%. I wish I had more men on my page, but it's like 95% women. And these were the stories I was, I was getting from the cheaters and the people who were cheated on and all women. And I, I think, you know, over the years, the amount of women who, who cheat has been on the rise. So it's not an exclusively male issue at all. Yes. Yeah. And I actually, I originally set out for my page to be just women, but mm-hmm. I keep getting, which is, to me, it makes, I, I'm realizing there's not a lot of resources for men in the breakup space. No. So a lot of them end up on, on my page. <laughs> I, I know this ranges from person to person, but mm-hmm. have you seen, like, are there any themes as to why people cheat in relationships? I think it's, I think there is a lot of variation there. So I was, I was thinking about what, what did I hear the most about? And I'd say if I had to create like one broad category, it would be escape. That's how I would label the category. So an escape can mean lots of things. It can mean um, maybe the person is escaping responsibility. Maybe the relationship got to, you know, there were a lot, I mean, and I hate to even say this out loud, but I had a lot of stories of, we just had our ba- a baby and I come to find out. Um, so, you know, I think that is a theme that I saw a lot of, even escape from dealing with difficult emotions. You know, there are some people who get, to a certain level of depth in a relationship. And when you reach this point of depth, it's like, this is too real. Like, this is too serious. I can't, you know, this is getting too close to intimacy and I got to escape, you know, that intensity of emotion. I think, you know, people use it to escape bad relationships. They use it to escape having to break up with somebody um, or even dealing with their own their own trauma or kind of these childhood wounds that haven't developed into, you know, whatever, maybe an excessive need for, um, you know, attention or approval or um, it's like a wide range of things. But if I just say, is there a theme? The theme would be escape. And I'm sure, you know, like certain people will drink alcohol to escape or some people will, you know, like shop for an escape. And then this is, I mean, I'm sure like a lot of the chemicals are the same that you get from drinking, cheating, gambling, shopping, anything like that. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's like one component of, of why some people cheat. Again, there's like so many different ways people can cheat or motivations for it, but I definitely think it plays a big part. And you touched on it a little bit, but I mean, I've had friends that have cheated in relationships because they knew they needed to end it, but they couldn't. Mm -hmm. So they just Mm -hmm. like grenaded the relationship kind of a thing. That's always something that I get from people. They're like, I don't get why they cheated. Why didn't they just end the relationship? Um, And if you, I wonder if you have any insight on, on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking about this and I think that, you know, 
some people cheat to end the relationship and then some people cheat and they don't want the relationship to end. And I think still people will have this response of, you know, if you're going to cheat, just end it. And it's like, well, I don't think that's always, or even actually, I don't think it's always the most common reason people cheat. I think sometimes they cheat and they want the relationship to work out. And so um, we'll talk about it later, I'm sure. But like that whole once a cheater, always a cheater thing, I think is a bit more nuanced. But so um, if I had to create like different organizational structure, like why cheat instead of ending? I think sometimes it's situational. You touched on that. Like maybe you went out, you're drinking, you start flirting and you're like, oh my gosh, how did I make this mistake? And um, how did I get here? Now I've done this thing and I have to admit it and I'm going to crush, crush the person that I care about. Um, if that happens, that's not a case where they want the relationship to end, but they still cheated. I think too, that can also look like small boundary violations that start to kind of snowball. So somebody's kind of in your path, you work with them, you're around them a lot. And um, before you know it, you're like way crossing boundaries there and, and you've, you know, gone too far. I think Another and a really common reason that people cheat also, so a second category would be, I'd call like impact, wanting to make an impact on your current partner. And Mm -hmm. you see this like, for whatever reason, it can be, you know, I don't feel desired by my partner or my relationship anymore. And I'm so sick of this feeling of, you know, invisibility or not being seen. And so I'll get their attention type of thing. Or even um, like you, especially in long-term committed relationships or marriages of like this chronic, like unmet needs. Um, A lot of times you'll see people kind of look elsewhere um, because of that. Or even when a relationship is just gone, like stale, like the connection, the spark has eroded and they're like, you know, it makes alternatives look more appealing. And then there's, you know, the other category of accelerators, what you talked about, which is like, I'm either like, I'm ambivalent about this relationship. I don't have much commitment or like, I want out of this relationship and cheating, cheating like removes the responsibility from that person to actually follow through with breaking up. If they get caught, if they're, you know, it's, it's almost like, for sure, you're going to get broken up with a lot of the time. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I like you're doing people such a service by talking about breaking up. I think breaking up is a skill and people need to be taught how to do it. And, and cheating is not the way. (laughs) Yeah. And what's been coming up on my page recently is like, I'm trying to remind people that it's actually like if you were the one that got dumped, like it's actually really hard to break up with someone. It's very hard. Yeah. And that's yeah. why people would rather cheat to like completely just set the relationship on fire because yes. they, they want so badly to avoid that hard conversation. And mm-hmm. it's interesting because it almost, I mean, obviously if you cheat, you're kind of the, the bad guy, but it kind of mm-hmm. removes. Yeah it kind of almost removes you from being the bad guy. Yes. Yes. The other person ends it. It's interesting how like the idea of just having a difficult conversation is like, yeah, that feels scarier than being the bad guy by cheating. It's almost like they don't want to be the bad guy by saying something's wrong with the other person. They'd rather just take it all on themselves. Like, I'll just complete, like, you can just hate me. I'd rather you just hate me than me say to you, like, I'm just not, you know, I don't like X, Y, or Z, and this isn't going to work for me. I even remember in early sobriety, I I wanted to break up with a partner and I, my like first choice was to relapse because like, Mm -hmm. then that'll just blow it all up. I won't have to talk to anyone and I'll just, you know, go do my thing. Um, So I think it's important to, you know, recognize that it's, it's not easy to break up with someone. It's not easy to get broken up with either. Breakups are just, breakups just really suck. Yes. Yes. I know I've had, I've worked with, um, clients before and I'm like, you don't know how to break, like you need to practice the end of relationships. I mean, I have a seven-year-old daughter and not, not boyfriends and stuff, but like even in her friendships, there's been times where it's like, this isn't a good friendship and, you know, practicing 
you don't want somebody to be com- so comfortable with ending things, but you want people to practice. How do you have that sort of assertive conversation to end a relationship? It's so, it's a skill. It's so yeah. important. It's yeah. so funny. Actually, right after this interview, I'm recording a solo episode on how to, how to end a relationship Perfect. because I get it all the time. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's difficult. And I, that's one of the things I tell people I'm like, practice. I've practiced on yes. my mom breaking yes. up with people before. Yes. Write it um, out. I mean, I think it's, yeah, I'm glad you're doing that. It's really important. And I, I was going back to another thing that you were saying about the whole concept of, of making an impact. And it's, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's similar to when children aren't getting the attention they need from their parents, they act out, right? Yes. It's like any attention is good attention. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's like people get to this like really desperate, I mean, coming back to this idea of difficulty with hard conversations, people get to this really desperate place sometimes in relationships where they feel completely helpless and hopeless. And it's like, how do I, like, I love you. How do I get you to see me, my value, my this, my, that, you know, and instead of find, you know, instead of like having that serious conversation where you talk about this, or maybe it's, it's fallen on deaf ears. That's a possibility too, but you know, it, it sometimes can feel more um, or easier to look outside of the relationship to try to stir that up. But it's important to be able to kind of navigate this within the relationship through having some of these conversations. So tricky business though. It is. It is. <laughs> and I think it's important to to point out that I, I think I think so many people assume that if someone cheats that it's just they're like a careless person they're like obsessed with sex or you know whatever that is and this is not to defend anyone that's cheating but it's just I tell people all the time like yes it's important to feel the hurt after going through a breakup but like the more permanent you put yourself in the victim mindset the longer it's going to take for you to, mm-hmm. you know, be able to move through it. So just by understanding that, hey, that maybe there's like more to the story or more things to look at. It's not mm-hmm. just that this person set out to crush you, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's so it's funny you're talking about this because literally yesterday I got kind of like a nasty comment on one of my posts from the infidelity series. And it was a post where I talked about, um, is somebody, I did both sides. Okay. So I did, is somebody once a cheater, always a cheater. I did that perspective. Is this true? Um, or is it not true? And, you know, somebody wrote like, if you cheated, you're garbage, there's no exceptions. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that there's something like that can feel, if you are the victim of being cheated on, it can feel safer to believe, you know, what it's a caricature flaw in this person. I had nothing to do with it, you know, or, or to just completely make them the bad guy. I think that there is a lot of security in that. Um, but it's such a nuanced situation and people, people cheat for lots of different reasons. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. 
breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in 11 years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off recess mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And I, I think to, I mean, well, I guess we can hop into that question of like, what are your thoughts on the once a cheater, always a cheater? Because I feel like I have some like anecdotal evidence just with like friends and, you Mm -hmm. know, like going through relationships in your early twenties now where like friends are, are married and, you know, people change, but, um, but yeah, I'd love to hear your perspective maybe on both sides of it. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, is it true that once a cheater, always a cheater? I think yes. And then no, you know, it's like, sometimes it's true and sometimes it's not, but I don't think we can completely like paint with a broad brush. And so, um, it was, it was interesting to see people's reaction to even entertaining the idea that somebody might not always be a cheater. I think if I boil it down to one thing that differentiates, um, it would be, you know, has the person who cheated learned the lesson and are they doing the work? Um, and, and I can get more specific than that, but like, if there's one overarching thing is like, have they learned the lesson? Have they done the work? You know, I think like you talk about like our early twenties, I think about like even high school relationships. So are we, are we going to say that if somebody cheated when they were 17, that they're always going to be a cheater? No, of course not. So, um, so when is it not true? let's start there. When is once a cheater, always a cheater, not true. I think, you know, it's not true when it's an immaturity thing and they've, they've, since time has passed, they've had other relationships where they haven't cheated. They've grown, they've learned the lessons. They now know how to set boundaries, you know, these types of things. Um, I don't think it's always true. Sometimes cheating is somebody's complete rock bottom where like it's, it's, it's like they get to that point and they finally have to face all of the crap that they have been kind of trying to suppress or not deal with. And so this circumstance propels them into learning the lesson and doing the work. It always comes back to that though. You have to see some kind of change that has occurred over time in order for them to not be once a cheater, always a cheater. Another is, you know, some people were raised and like they, they really had a deficit of needs. And so as they've grown up, maybe these needs never got met. And so they seek the attention elsewhere or, or this, you know, affirmation elsewhere. And so again, though, like, it's not just okay. Like if they have that, but they've not done anything about it, it's likely they will cheat again. So it always comes back to, have they learned the lesson? Trauma, I think a lot of people self-sabotage after going through significant trauma or if there's just, you know, very significant issues in their past relationships. So, you know, it's okay to, to even like open up space in your mind and in your heart to think, you know, and to entertain the idea that once they're a cheater, they might not always be a cheater, but you have to look for clear examples of them having insight into why they cheated and then what have they done to repair and do it differently next time. It's almost like they have to have like that, you know, psychic change, that like deep insight, that like Mm -hmm. aha kind of thing of, because I think if someone were to look at it as like, well, I just saw a really good looking person and I was drunk and that's why I did it. It's like, yes, that's not going to change your behavior. 
Right. And maybe, maybe that type of circumstance is immaturity. So let's just give them like the greatest. So this is an immature thing. Okay. Tell, let me see a track record of how you have been better at setting boundaries moving forward. Is this like a reoccurring thing where every time you get too wasted, you hook up with somebody, you know, that's, that's once a cheater, always a cheater. So, yeah. you know, um, even if it is kind of like a one-off type of thing, look for, okay, well, how are you going to prevent this from happening um, moving forward? Now, I think, you know, when is it true? And there's always, there's always opportunity for these things to change over time. If these people in this category start to kind of come around and develop these insights and work on it, you can change category. So it's not like a sentence, but you know, if some, if you, and I see this a lot from my followers, I'll get messages. If you get into a relationship with somebody and they tell you about their past relationships and you learn that they pretty much cheat on most partners, um, don't think you're the exception. Like you are not, I like, I'm sure you are incredible and wonderful, but like, that's not a good sign. (laughs) If you have a serial cheater on your hands and they're telling you, but they, you know, my exes were like this and like that, (laughs) you know, you're different. It's like, sorry, you're probably not. And it doesn't sound like this person's taking any responsibility. So um, that's a big red flag. Or even if you are the person they cheated with, and now you're getting into a relationship, it's not really a good sign. Of course, there's exceptions, but it's not boding well. Um, People who don't take responsibility, um, people who blame their crazy ex, like everything is their crazy ex's fault. I see that a lot. That's a big, big red flag. Um, If they've cheated on you multiple times, promises of doing better, keep getting broken. It's not a good sign. Refusing to get help, therapy, do the work. Maybe they have no remorse for it. They feel almost entitled. There's a lot of people who feel very entitled when they cheat. Um, If they're not willing to share about what happened when they cheated, they don't offer transparency. And then if they're still, (laughs) this is the one that I'm like, oh, I just want to jump through the phone and be like, please, please get out of this relationship. If they're still talking to the person that they cheated with, once cheater, always a cheater. (laughs) So those are kind of the categories of of, it's probably going to happen again, unless they've kind of developed some significant insight. Yeah. And I have heard a lot of that. I'm um, sure you hear it yeah. way more than I do. And you're like, no, I know. <laughs> I know some stories I hear just like are so tragic, but I did want to point something out. Cause I do get like, if you're listening and your partner cheated on you and is still mm-hmm. with the person he cheated on, it's not, I can almost like guarantee it's not a great relationship. So like, don't, you know, don't do this like comparing thing um, of, you know, they're better or anything like that. It's like, we just can't, cheating is so hard because I think it feels so personal. It feels like I am not like, this person is better than I am. I'm not good enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you have to seek something elsewhere, but I hope what people are, picking up is that a lot of it, I mean, it's so nuanced, but a lot of it comes from a lack of something within the person who's cheating, not the person who's getting cheated on. Yeah. I mean, you can't, yes, there's, it's so important that you said that. I'm really glad that you said that. I mean, I think obviously um, sometimes there's dynamics in a relationship that can create vulnerabilities to cheating. Okay vulnerabilities, but you can't make someone cheat on you. You never have made someone cheat on you. They have to make that decision. And so often it is, if there's vulnerabilities in the relationship, it's coupled with issues within the individual who does the cheating as well. Almost never does it have anything about like, oh, they're, they're more attractive or they're this or they're that and they're better than you. It's such a more complicated issue. And so comparing is just, it's going to just send you into a dark place and it's not even how this usually goes down. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you said that because I I hear that a lot of like, if only I talk about like the coulda, shoulda's a lot, but like I hear so much of the, if only 
it broke my heart the other day I got a message of someone said like if only I had taken better care of my body and it's like Mm. that's that's not it it's like you can't you don't force a partner Mm -mm. to go cheat Mm -mm. it's like at the end yeah they have to make that choice yeah Yeah. oh I know I know it makes me so sad um and so I feel like we've you know talked a lot about the why people Mm -hmm. cheat I'd love to talk, you know, a little bit about like the healing process afterwards. And I, I think from what I've seen, people going through breakups, there's so many different circumstances, but the feelings are most of the time the same. But I, I oh, do yeah. think there's probably some specific things to, to deal with the like betrayal, trust issues and things. Mm-hmm. Are there any like specific tools that you recommend in being able to deal with that feeling of, of like utter betrayal and kind of, it's like almost, it, it just, it kind of shakes your whole reality of like, what's real, what's not. Yeah. I feel like I always come up a like slightly short on being like, this is my go-to tool. I, I think that, you know, if you're in a relationship where you're in a committed relationship and you're trying to, you know, you're married and you're trying to work this out, like you need to be in therapy. I mean, betrayals, you know, and if you don't make it, so my answer is the same. If you don't make it, you should go to, you should get a coach. You should get a coach. You should go to therapy. You should talk to somebody who you feel is a good fit and you feel safe with because it is like this burning down of the, like if you're staying, it's like a burning down of the relationship and you're like, okay, are we going to rise from these ashes or is this it for us? And I think, you know, there's so much that comes up in the recovery from a betrayal and, you know, so much kind of search for the, the meaning of it. What is this about? Why did this happen? How could you do this? Um, the answering of questions that it's really hard to do it on your own because, it's so incredibly overwhelming and it can feel like, and even if you're as, you know, a single individual and you're trying to heal from this, it can create almost like this tunnel vision where it's hard to see the the light at the end. And it's hard to see anything, but like the pain and trauma of that betrayal that's right in front of you. And it feels like this is your new permanent state of existence and it's not. And so it's really helpful to have somebody kind of walk with you alongside that process. Um, and, and I, what I see a lot of times too, especially I do most couples. So I know you work most with mostly with singles, but you know, and I think it applies to both, but this idea that like, right. As you start to like, think you're doing better, you kind of have this like huge setback where it's like, Oh, I'm feeling like I can trust again. And I'm feeling this and I feel like, and then all of a sudden there's a trigger and you're back in this like pain. And when you're dealing with it alone, that just is such a huge blow. When you're working with somebody who is experienced in this, they can say, FYI, right when you're feeling good is a lot of times when the rug gets pulled out from under you. So expect it. It's going to happen. It doesn't mean you're starting back at the beginning. And so I am a huge proponent of, I'm I'm sure there's wonderful books on this that can help you feel um, more equipped and and understood and all these things. But having somebody to walk through it with you can be really helpful. We're big fans of therapy on this show, including (laughs) me personally. (laughs) And I think that's so important because when it comes to that, like reality kind of bending, like I, the only thing I can really relate it to is like coming out of a relationship with a narcissist where you're like, I don't really know what's true and what's not. It's, it's great to have that like guiding person to be like, your feelings are real, but like these circumstances, like aren't, this is not real. And just being able to like validate the feelings that need to be validated, but also like kind of helping you get back in touch with, with the reality. Yeah. Um, it provides like a things. checks and balances. Yeah. Right. And manages your expectations. And it's just, yeah, it, it's really a, a powerful thing when going through something like this. Cause I think, you know, betrayal, especially when you're dating can really, you know, if it's not dealt with, it can start to flow into your future relationships and create a lot of um, like insecurities in you moving forward. And so it's good to process through that with somebody. 
Yeah. And that, that leads me kind of to my next question of, I think it's hard after going through something like that, because part of you wants to shell up completely to prevent Mm -hmm. you from ever having to experience that kind of pain again. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously like, that's not how we can meet people. And so I think so much of this comes down to the balance of staying aware of past red flags or mistakes or lessons learned, but also, you know, some, I guess this is a dramatic term, but like restoring your faith in humanity that like not all people cheat and you can have a happy relationship. It feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. So navigating that balance of, of learning, but also staying open. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I can just, I could talk about this topic forever, but like, I think, you know, if you're coming out of a bad relationship or one where you got cheated on, I think it's important to have a little bit of break before your next one. Sometimes what can happen is people jump so quickly into the next relationship that they haven't dealt with any of this stuff. And so it just is like, it just comes along for the ride. Like, and it will creep up when you're already a couple months in and you're like feeling super happy in your relationship. And so I think it's really important to, as hard as it can be sometimes when somebody else pops in and it's like, this is going to make all my sadness go away. Um, to give yourself a little time and space to heal, to process it, to kind of analyze, you know, what, what went on in that relationship? Like, what did I miss? Like, did I miss signs or what, what could I have asked that would have revealed this kind of character in this person that I was seeing? And, um, yeah, having enough space to do that, I think is incredibly important. I think also when we jump quickly into a relationship, we sometimes end up with somebody who is the complete opposite of the person we were with, but but to an extreme. And that comes with so many other issues. So um, I think that's really important. I think moving forward, um, I mean, trust is really tricky. So trust, you can't, build trust with another person without giving a little bit. And so there is this leap of faith aspect when it comes to building trust. And so in new relationships, if I had to give suggestions as to what people would should do, it would be one, go slow, put up a lot more boundaries in your relationship. Don't, you know, not just in the physical sense, but in how much trust you invest in somebody, how much you like belief in them that you have that's positive and give a little bit give a little bit of trust. And then you want to do a lot of like sitting back and seeing what they do with it. So kind of like a detective in your future relationships. Um, when they, when they've been given a little bit of trust and they handle it well, give a little bit more, see, see what they do with it. And they let it prove out over time. But I think too, by having a slower pace to a relationship, it builds in some safeguards it allows your head and your heart to work together um, differently than when you're just kind of like moving quickly, hanging out constantly. Like now I have no friends. Like we're all in. Yeah. Can be really, really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And I um, I talk a lot about that too is like this, the learning curve that happens after breakups or after relationships. And I, I think it takes some time before, like I tell people, like, don't jump right into trying to figure out the lesson. Cause what'll happen typically is all you'll do is go into like beating yourself up. Like, I can't mm-hmm. believe I didn't see that, or mm-hmm. I can't believe I didn't ask this. But once you get a little bit of time and space and yeah. start healing, then you can go back. And, and it's not meant to do it in a way of, you know, I can't believe I was so stupid or things like that. It's more like, what can I do moving, moving forward? Like in my next relationship, is there something I can ask more in the beginning, like get clear on their relationship history or something like that? Totally. I mean, I think that like, there's this weird thing with love and relationships where we feel like it's this intuitive thing. Like, oh, you, I mean, even the way we talk about you fall in love, like you didn't have any, you didn't participate in that, you know? And I think that it backfires sometimes because then we kind of just go by like feeling and like, I don't know, you know, versus actually taking some responsibility for like equipping ourselves with a bit of a plan for our relationships. And so, yeah, take that time and space and get to where like you can handle analyzing the relationship. But then all you're doing really is saying, okay, like 
I want a better relationship that feels safe for next time. Like, what's my plan here? I'm not going to just let fate happen to me. You know, we have to be participants in our relationships. Yeah. I remember I had a mentor once tell me, she's like, I know this sounds really unromantic, but she's like, at the end of the day, a marriage is a business partnership. Mm -hmm. She's like, and it's, you should know, like, how do they handle money? Like how, you know, how does all of this stuff line up? Because yes, we want the chemistry and the intimacy and, and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, if you're, you know, with a partner, you want to spend the rest of your life with, there needs to be some strategy and like logistics and and all of the like unsexy stuff. Yeah. And like ask those unsexy questions when you're dating. I mean, just by, I mean, people avoid so often talking about exes. Do you know how much gold there is in that conversation? (laughs) Oh, you will learn so much by talking about past partners. And I think too, people are so afraid to have those conversations in the beginning because they don't want to like seem too much (laughs) or push them away. And it's like, yeah, if you get, you know, I talk about this with like the define the relationship conversation. It's like, Mm -hmm. what would you rather like wait a year and be in an uncommitted relationship and have no idea where it's going? Or would you rather like get your answer and be able to decide what you're going to do with it at that point? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of asking very unsexy questions. Yes. <laughs> and I, I think what you were saying, like playing detective in, in future relationships, I, w- something that I find is after someone has been cheated on, they tend to like play detective, but in reverse. <laughs> they have this like obsession of like figuring out when did the person like when did it start was it happening then like they just go down this this rabbit hole of what's real what's not real all of this stuff um and do you have any insight as to first of all why people do that um Mm -hmm. because I know it's harmful Mm -hmm. I mean I think it's really common so when I'm saying detective also like just so that's clear I'm talking about future relationships and I'm not talking about like private and maybe yeah. I should have been since we're talking infidelity I'm like not like a private eye stalking this person I mean you like don't need get to curious. Hire a private investigator. No. <laughs> no just get curious that's probably a better way to say it um so why do people do it I mean it's just I think it's like a human nature I think there are personality factors that can make people prone to kind of getting stuck in this kind of ruminative state. Like if you're somebody who is very perfectionistic, um, you might have a harder time kind of snapping out of the sort of ruminative kind of like, I'm just obsessing, you know, someone who's obsessive personality must obsess over the details. But part of the healing process from a betrayal Uh, We talk about it in our, we actually talk about in our couples course, but we have three S's. So there's the storm, which is the emotional piece. And then there's the search. And if you're staying together, then there's the sequel. So um, the sequel is like the rebuilding and the future forward. If you're single and you break up and you are left with nobody to process this with, you're just left in the storm and in the search and it can Mm. feel incomplete. And I think part of the healing process can be, you know, like, having an understanding of why it happened and like searching for these answers is a port is an important part of that healing process. And so um, it's just a tricky thing to do on your own. And so I think it's fine to do it to an extent. And I think is you can work through it on your own and come up with some sort of meaning or some sort of explanation Um, But then at some point you have to move through that and you have to stop because it's not helpful. And a lot of your answers that you're coming up with are you just speculating. And I find we speculate with like the worst. The worst. Case scenario. (laughs) Yes. And making it very personal about it must have been because I didn't or I wasn't. And I think it's ultimately not helpful. Yeah. And, and to like, I think breakups are this like complete loss of control. Mm-hmm. And so it, I feel like it makes sense that we try to grasp onto like any, any form of control we, we can find. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
you know, we'll never know. Like when people say, why did my ex do this? I, I will say like, I don't know. I'll never know. I'm not in your ex's head, but what I can, you know, help. It's like, we're trying to focus on you. How can we put your pieces back together? And and your pieces coming back together might not include those pieces that your ex took, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I know, I think it is what you said, this idea of, can I control this or stop this from happening and in the future? And I think that's a good question, but you will have to probably answer that question differently and come up with a plan differently. And it's, it's not going to come out of all of the details of what your ex did. And that's a hard thing to, to sit with. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like to end the episode, I, you know, want to reiterate of like cheating is, you know, probably one of the toughest things Mm -hmm. people go through on top of breaking up, which is, you know, another one of the tougher things. So I hope people got you know, some more insight as to, to why it happened and, and how to, how to really work through it. But I think the most important thing is people should not work through it by themselves. Yeah. I think that's a great takeaway. Get yeah. some support and someone you trust. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, I'd love if you could tell everyone um, where they can find you, where they can work with you, grab your courses, and I will put all the links in the show notes here. Oh, thank you. So um, you can find me on my Instagram, which is mylovethinks. And also we have a blog where we write about couple stuff and single stuff. So um, I feel like my Instagram is heavily couples, but um, the blog is at mylovethinks as well. And you can access all our courses through there. We have a course for singles on, on how to choose a partner with intention um, and called Head Meets Heart. And then we have a course for couples. And yeah, you can find it all there. I love the name of that course, oh, Head Meets Heart. Thank you. I feel like so many people are like, how do I connect the two? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much again. And everyone, please go check out Morgan's stuff. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.